All right. Well, so good to have everyone here this morning. I want to say a special welcome to those who are connecting with us online and uh, on our streaming platforms. Glad you're with us. And if you are here present with us this morning and this is your first time, uh, special welcome to you. Hope you feel welcomed in your time with us. And uh, if you have any questions about um, who we are, how we go about doing church, you should have got a bulletin on your way in. There's more information about that. And we've got a wonderful uh, greeting team that uh, has all the answers to all the questions. Um, and, uh, and, and if you'd like any more information, there should be a connection card out there. You can fill that out and uh, return it to a greeter, and uh, we'll be happy to follow up with you uh, with anything um, that you need. So uh, you may have noticed that the space here looks a little bit different this morning. Um, I do want to clarify that this is not a hot tub that we have <laughs> set up here in the front of the room here. This is what we call a, uh, a portable baptistry. And so uh, we, we took it out this past week. We put it all together because this morning uh, we've got a group of people who are going to be baptized, which is such an exciting uh, moment, not only for them and their family and their loved ones. All right, let's, let's do that. Yes. But it's a, it's a great time of celebration in the life of a church. There may be nothing that is more special uh, than that. And so we're trying to make a moment of it. Uh, we're going to have a luncheon afterwards, just a simple fall kind of theme. Hope you can stay with us and uh, greet each other and give a congratulations to those who are getting uh, baptized. And this is the first time that we're doing this in, in our new space. So uh, there's a little bit of, this is kind of an experiment. We have no idea, um, you know, all of the different dynamics that go into it. Um, but uh, it's an exciting thing. Uh, the, the temperature and the water is, uh, I checked it this morning. Yesterday, it was 91 degrees. This morning, it's like over 100. So it is nice and warm, uh, very comfortable. And uh, this morning, I'm hoping to provide enough time for some of the people to uh, share a little bit of their story. So my goal um, and I have to say that its goal is to uh, say what I want to say on the shorter end, uh, keep, it, keep it tight and concise. Um, but th what I thought I'd do is since we have, we have a lot of new people who have been with us over the past couple of months, and a lot of people who come from all kinds of different backgrounds, all kinds of different traditions that you grew up with, um, and so this might be a good opportunity to just kind of talk about baptism, what this whole thing is about, and how we go about it to make it a little more comprehensible. Um, so we're going to just do that for a few moments this morning. Before we do that, let me just uh, pray for us together. Lord, thank you so much for this special day, Lord, for those who are, uh, Lord, prepared to, um, to follow in obedience to you, Lord, and uh, and, and be baptized, and, and what, a, what a milestone moment this is for, for them and for us. So, Lord, we just celebrate the good work that you are doing, and we just pray, Lord, that uh, as we look through your word this morning, that you would be glorified, uh, that we would be edified. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's a few um, questions uh, that I want to kind of just work through. Uh, the first is, what is the meaning of baptism? What is this thing all about? It's a it's sort of a milestone moment of faith, um, and, and that word, baptism, it means literally from Greek, it means to dip 
or, or submerge something in something else. So, so in, in the first century Roman um, world, if a ship was sinking in the water, they'd say that it was baptized, it was immersed, it was sinking into it. Um, or if, uh, if a piece of cloth was going to be um, dyed in a solution, um, it would be baptized, it would be immersed into the colored solution. Um, baptized originally didn't have any religious overtones connected to it at all up until the first century, and, and that's when it became a part of the, the, the initiation process that Gentiles would go through uh, to convert to Judaism. Uh, it was sort of seen as a ceremonial cleansing. It was based on an Old Testament passage, Ezekiel 36, 25, uh, that says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your idols. And so that was the, uh, the text that, um, that they adopted and they used it as a public way of, of stating someone's intentions to wash themselves clean of their former way of life, of their pagan gods and proclaim their allegiance uh, to Yahweh, to, to Israel's God exclusively. Um, so it's in that context that this guy named John the Baptist comes onto the scene. And, and we actually, for those of you who've been around, we were looking through the Gospel of Mark, and, and we read about John uh, at the very start uh, in the first chapter of Mark a few weeks ago. Um, John was, was, was kind of unique in that he wasn't baptizing Gentile converts into Judaism. He was calling Jews themselves to be baptized into a baptism of repentance that he said was for the forgiveness of sins. So his message was that God's chosen people were no longer the living the life that they had been called to live. They weren't following their God's ways in obedience, and obedience, and they needed this wholesale restart life change just as much as, as the non-Jews, as the Gentiles did. And so... He issued this call, and people responded. And as they responded, he baptized them in the Jordan River in a baptism of repentance. Uh, repent basically means to turn around. It means to do a 180. And so baptism was for them, it was a way for people to publicly declare their intention to turn away from sin, and it was this moment to rededicate themselves to following the Lord. And and people responded in droves to John's message. But he kept on reminding them. He says, guys, I'm just the opening act. There's someone coming after me who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, with fire. He's on his way. And it's in that time that Jesus arrives on the scene. And he gives us the very first snapshot of what Christian baptism looks like. It's, it's Matthew 3. 13 to 17, and that sets the scene. And here's what it says. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. All right, so this is the first snapshot of, of Christian baptism. 
Jesus was baptized to fulfill what had to be done. It was an act of obedience to his father. And by the way, did you notice that the father was present for it? There was the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit there together. And baptism for Christ followers, um, at the most basic level, what it is is an act of obedience. It's following in Jesus' own footsteps. And, and it's worth noting that uh, that Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't already done himself. And that's what he's modeling here for us. So just as Jesus was obedient to the Father, he also calls us to obey him as well. And when you get to the end of Matthew's gospel, when, when Jesus leaves his final instructions, uh, and he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Um, that is what we call, it's known as the Great Commission, that, that Jesus' first followers would build up this worldwide movement of disciples who would follow him. And he designed baptism as the very first initial step involved in following him. So, so it's a public way of declaring someone's intention to trust in and, and to live life with, with Jesus at the lead. So what baptism is, it's sort of like the very first initial step of obedience in the Christian life to take that step into the waters and be baptized. So that's very quickly what baptism is. Um, next thing is I want to look at the question, why should someone be baptized? Um, specifically, the question in particular is, what actually does baptism accomplish? You know, in every tradition, whatever flavor of Christianity um, you're into, the, uh, the, 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 the idea of baptism is seen as a, as a sacred moment. A sacrament is what it's often called, this moment where God is uniquely present um, but the question is not, is it a sacred moment? The, the question is, is it a saving moment? In other words, does the act of baptism in and of itself uh, bestow some kind of saving grace to the person who's, who's getting baptized? Is that act something that qualifies them to get into heaven? Uh, in some Christian traditions, the answer to that is yes. They see that, and that's why you maybe have seen... Oftentimes, parents are in a big hurry to have their baby christened or, or baptized because the idea is that it's this belief that the act of baptism in and of itself cleanses uh, an individual from sin. And, and so looking at that, and when we look into God's word, into scripture, uh, what we see is that when it comes to salvation, when it comes to being made right with God... Uh, the Bible's clear about that. Number one, that it's a personal choice. It's a choice that you make, not a choice that's made for you by anyone else. And it's also clear that salvation is a free gift. It's received not because we've gone through some kind of ritual, uh, but it's received through faith, by grace, through faith, by trusting personally in Jesus and what he did on the cross. And that's one of those things that's like full stop, period. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, here's for an example, it says this, it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. 
Um, Colossians 1, 19 and 20 says this, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, meaning Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The idea is that Jesus did everything that had to be done when he gave his life at the cross. He accomplished our salvation through his shed blood, and that means there's nothing left for us to do but to receive that gift, to, to receive his finished work by trusting in him. So, so when it comes to salvation, the idea is this, is that blood is thicker than water. Uh, it's a, one way to kind of make sense of it, that it's about the shed blood of Jesus, not being baptized. That's, not, that's what takes away our sin, his blood, uh, not our baptism. And, and this is something that we really try hard uh, to make clear here at Lakeview that, um, that, that salvation is something that's received. It's not something that's achieved. And that makes all the difference in the world because it's about being connected in a relationship with Jesus Christ, with the God who made us and redeemed us, not just doing stuff and following rules. So Jesus is the sinless son of God. He did what none of us could ever do. He, he was able to offer himself to God in such a way that, uh, that no one since then or before then or since then has been able to. Uh, in Hebrews 9.14, it says this, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. So, so again, just trying to paint a crystal clear picture um, that, uh, that once we're covered by the blood of Jesus, uh, by trusting in what he did on the cross, um, that transaction is complete. We have everything we need. We've been cleansed from sin, past, present, future, and, and we can live with this reality of what uh, it says in Romans, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, this incredible reality of living in grace. That's the simple uh, message of the gospel, that, that salvation isn't about getting baptized. It's not about being a good person. It's not about doing good things. It's about Jesus and what he's done for us. He qualifies us to get into heaven, and, and God accepts and forgives anyone who through faith trusts in Jesus. Um, and so one example, if you remember, uh, that Jesus responded to the thief hanging on the cross next to him, um, who, who's, who was responding in faith to Jesus, and, and he doesn't say, well, I'd love to have you come with me, but uh, you didn't get baptized, so you're out of luck. Uh, he said, no, today you will be with me in paradise. So, so that simple faith in Christ alone was enough for him, and the same applies to us. It's enough for us as well. So if that's what baptism is not, if it's not a saving act, what then is it? I think it's better to see it as a symbolic act, an outward symbol of an inward reality that's been done. And, and by calling it a symbol, it's not to diminish the significance of it uh, because symbols really matter. Um, for example, it's one of the reasons why I wear this wedding ring on my finger, right? This ring isn't what makes me married, right? It's not like if I take the ring off that I'm no longer married. But does that mean that it's not important? 
No, not at all. This is, this is what identifies me as belonging to my wife, Diane. And so that's why I, I keep this ring on. That, that matters to me. It's a way of symbolizing that, of, 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 of letting that be known. Uh, so in a similar way, baptism is what identifies us with the saving work of Jesus Christ. In Romans 6, 3 and 4, it unpacks that symbolism for us. And it says this, or do, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, now they're immersed um, into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. All right, there's some deep symbolism here, some deep reality, but there's this beautiful picture um, that this, this passage paints that, that as God has immersed our lives with Jesus' lives, um, through faith, that's what happens. And it happens in such a deep and a profound way that what happens to Jesus actually gets applied to our lives. It's a beautiful thing that in the very deepest part of who we are, in some kind of mysterious way that I can't fully understand, God fuses our lives. He baptizes us. He immerses us and connects us to, to the life of Jesus. And so in a very real way, what that means is that when Jesus died on the cross, I died. That, that old me, the, the, the me who lived for myself, the one who was enslaved to sin, that guy is no longer around. He's dead and buried. And there's a new me, this, this new identity that I have to grab hold of, that we have to grab hold of, it's, and it's bound up in Jesus. It's bound up in, in, in all that he's done for me. That's the most defining feature of life on the other side of faith in Christ. Jesus is the defining feature. And that's why the Apostle Paul says this about himself, and this is really the reality that we can all say about ourselves once we've trusted in Christ. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So that's this incredible identity to grab hold of, is that I, my identity is bound up in Christ, and there's nothing that anyone can do that can take that away from me uh, because he's given it by grace. Um, baptism symbolizes that reality in such a profound way, in a, in a, in a really powerful way. That's why uh, here you'll see we have a pool, uh, not, a, not a watering can, right? Uh, we go for the dunk here at Lakeview, not the dribble, um, for a few reasons, but one of them is that it's just, it's this beautiful picture. It, it's a picture that describes what it means to be baptized or connected uh, to Christ. It illustrates what happened to Jesus and how that applies to our lives as believers. So, so baptism is a sacred moment, uh, even though it's not a saving moment. It's, it's this public declaration, almost like a birthday party of announcing my intention, our intention to, to trust in faith in God's Son. And as we do that, we, we recognize that, that just as in Jesus' baptism, the Father bears witness to that. He gives his approval. And in some way, the Holy Spirit impresses this reality that this is my child in Christ. 
With him and with her, I am well pleased. And to be able to live out life from that position. So, um, so, so the question would be, um, you know, if, if, if you're um, baptized, or when should you be baptized if you haven't been already? Um, so uh, that's the final question, is when should I be baptized? There's, there's two main opinions uh, that, that go along with that. The first opinion is that we already looked at is to be baptized when you're born. Um, that's known as christening. Uh, the second view would be to be baptized after you're born again, uh, after you've believed in Jesus Christ as, as Lord and Savior. And so uh, you probably guess here at Lakeview, we do this, the, the latter. Um, after being born again, after, fo- after following Jesus and making that decision personally. So that follows the biblical pattern, which is that baptism always follows belief. Um, and it's something we never see as we open up the scriptures the other way around. We don't see being baptized and then believing. Uh, here's just a few examples um, from the book of Acts. It says, but when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. Uh, one more, it says, they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. So there's some questions that go along with this. Uh, if you were baptized as an infant, um, you know, here's the question I would have is, is, what do you remember about it? Of course, the answer is probably nothing. Maybe you got some pictures, but... But that's sort of the point that if it's not a voluntary act, it's not something that you've chosen, then it's not something you can really take ownership of. And, and that's sort of the whole point. Um, so, so getting baptized means coming to the place where you're ready to make a faith decision for yourself. Um, it's not something you want to do just because your parents want you to do it. You don't want to be baptized because... Your friends are doing it, and you feel some kind of spiritual peer pressure. Um, it's something you want to do because you are ready personally to take that next step forward in faith. Uh, that doesn't mean that you've got everything figured out. It doesn't mean that every question has been answered. Uh, what it means is that you know Jesus is real enough that you know you can't just turn and walk away. And you understand what he did on the cross. And, and, and your desire is to take that next step forward, uh, to follow him. So baptism is the first step. It's not the final step. And that's worth, uh, it's worth noting. And so, uh, excitingly, we have uh, several people who are going to take that step uh, this morning. And uh, as they prepare um, and we move into this time of baptism... I do want to just uh, close and ask you, is, is there a next step that you sense the Holy Spirit is calling you to take? Uh, maybe that next step is, is, is to believe in Jesus Christ. As you've heard uh, this, this, hopefully a very clear idea of this is what salvation is and here's what it looks like, uh, have you trusted and believed in Christ? If you haven't, then maybe that's your next step. And, and if you have... Um, are you ready to take that next step and be baptized? Something to consider. 
Uh, we're starting now to plan for our next round of baptisms that'll happen in the spring. Um, so, uh, so right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite the, the worship team to come back up. They're going to sing a song, and we are going to just get the uh, details set. Um, so after that, we're going to have different people come up, and, and uh, some of them are going to give a little story, share a few words about uh, how they got to this place, and then, um, and then we'll move forward from there. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Uh, for, for, for what you show us and what you're doing. And Lord, I do just pray your blessing upon uh, this next stage of what we're doing here this morning. Uh, Lord, as we celebrate your work in people's lives, Lord, we thank you for all you're doing and pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Feel free to stand and sing with us. <laughs> 